0: Keeping Up with Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure is sponsored by SJL General Contractors. SJL General Contractors is licensed in both Alabama and Tennessee. This family owned business provides mass grading, storm drainage, sewer and concrete improvement, asphalt paving, erosion control, demolition, and heavy hauling. If you're in need of any of these services, you can contact them at 931 433 4660. That is 931 433 4660. If you'd like to be employed by this family owned company, three W's and a dot, dot www.sjnl.com. In regaling his audiences about the adventures of getting a haircut, comedian songwriter Ray Stevens talked about walking into a macho barbershop, an overtly masculine establishment, where his lifestyle as a musician and the lifestyle of this overtly masculine barber ran into each other. I quote Ray Stevens. It was a macho barbershop. dryers were mad on a rifle rack. There were no mirrors. The barber chair was a Peterbilt. Barber walked in, he was huge, Seven feet tall, 300 pounds of spring steel and rawhide wearing a hard hat. Chewing a cigar, hat on a t-shirt, said, I hate musicians. Now, a lot of people would have been intimidated in a situation like this. I was not. I am what I am. I play my piano, sing my little songs. I looked him right in the eye and said, I'm a logger. Just up from Coos Bay, Oregon, been topping trees. Quite possibly the toughest man in the entire world. As his song goes on... He ends up in a born-again barber shop. He's led to the chair by an usher. There's a choir in the background. The barber starts working on his hair, starts condemning the lifestyle of a musician, starts talking about the, the evils of wine, women, and song, and finally asks Mr. Stevens, what do you do for a living? His response, now I'm not ashamed of what I do for a living. Working in bars and casinos around liquor and wild women, I just play my piano, sing my little songs. I looked him right in the eye and said, I run this church for loggers. And why do we feel the need to gain other people's acceptance? Why do we have this overt desire or compelling need to impress people? I was at a a, a seminar. I was taking a class as part of my continuing education requirements for my license, and everybody in the room was a therapist. Everybody in the room has the same degree, has the same licensure. They went through the same process. They, they, they got a degree. They did an internship. They passed the same test. And they have the same license. Everybody there either worked for somebody or was in private practice as a therapist. When it came my turn to introduce myself, my plan was to say, I'm Lonnie Jones. I have a small private practice in Huntsville, Alabama. The problem was that this room was full of new therapists. This room was full of twelve-year-olds. Now, now that's my code word for somebody who is disgustingly younger than I am. Jackie will come in and say, "Well, how did your new doctor visit go?" He was twelve. My life's goal is to find a doctor or a state trooper who's older than I am, so that my world will feel like it's in balance. But, but the twelve-year-olds were there. I, I I had to do a sleep study. I go into the bowels of the hospital, go down this single hallway and then they put you in this room with an observation panel on the other side, you have to wear all these electrodes all over your body. And then you have to put on these pajamas and they're going to watch you while you sleep. Can you say creepy? I thought you could, but they're going to watch you while you sleep. And so while I'm sitting there in this awkward attire, getting ready to go to bed in a bed that's not mine, and they're going to tell me that I don't sleep very well. Well, I'm not at home. I don't sleep very well. Well, in the door walks this young lady. and, And yeah, she looked like she might be 14 years old. Hi, I'm Brittany. I'm here to help you with your sleep study. And my response was, well, what am I supposed to do? Read you stories? So yes, these people were much younger than me. And the ones that didn't work for an agency who owned their own practice. Now, owning your own practice means that you rent a room You rent a 10 by 10 room. You have a desk that you sit behind. You have a chair you sit in when you talk to people. And there's a chair that the people sit in when they talk to you. And that's what it is. And yet every one of these people, when it came time to introduce themselves, instead of saying, yes, my name is whatever, and I have a small private practice in Birmingham or Montgomery or wherever, it was, I am the founder and the CEO of the hypoallergenic, epistemological, metaphysical, transcendental, existential, divine, epiphany counseling service. No, you're not. You have a small, private practice in this city or that city. I'd already written on my paper when this stuff started that I was going to introduce myself as the lustrous potentate of tactical psychological interventions and reflective phrenology. Now, for those of you not familiar with phrenology, Phrenology is the idea that that somebody can feel the contours of your skull and based on the bumps and the divots and the depressions can tell things about your personality. Uh, reflective phrenology is a therapeutic intervention uh, that that I created and it's where you sit in the corner and rub your own head and ask yourself, what did I do to make that little man so mad at me? But I digress. I was in a room full of people who were just counselors. And yet, rather than just being comfortable with, I'm a counselor, we had to embellish our titles. This group of 12-year-olds had had to preen and prance in front of everybody else. And it wasn't enough to say that I, I own a business, but I'm the founder and the CEO. Whatever happened to just being comfortable with who we are and being comfortable with who we're not? We were fishing in the river one night, and I was on the boat, and it was just me and Daryl Pickle and Barry Handback. The, the people who had been fishing with us had had to leave early, so we thought we had the river to ourselves. And as as we were going down this particular grass bed, and and it was a very good place to fish. And apparently, somebody else had been fishing it for years because we saw another boat. And if you're a bow fisherman and the other boat turns its lights off, that means, hey, we want to parlay. We want to talk. So we ease these two boats together and the young man is, is in the boat and he's asking Pickle, the guy that owns the bow fishing boat that we're on, uh, about, you know, his history and had he been fishing the river long. And they began to talk about the tournaments that they knew about and this, that and the other. And then Daryl says, and, and, you know, I do this as, as a ministry. I kind of do this as a youth ministry i take young people out on the boat and we try to teach them that you can stay up all night without compromising your morals and so he sort of lays the found the groundwork that that he's doing this as a ministry he looks at me and says and and this is lonnie jones and lonnie is a well-known evangelist in this area and barry goes and 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 i'm just an electrician and the dude in the other boat says, oh good you want a beer (laughs) although we hassle barry about dodging the uh, evangelical questions and just being an engineer or just being an electrician. He he just is an electrician. Now, he owns an electrical contracting company. And to own an electrical contracting company, you probably have to have been an apprentice and then a journeyman and an electrical contractor. There may even be such a thing as a master electrician. But Barry didn't feel the need to explain all the things. I, I just work with electricity. I'm an electrician. Comfortable with who you are. Comfortable with who you're not. And the idea that we have to impress people and the idea that we have to embellish our credentials I think sometimes makes us serve the God of ego, and I don't have to impress you to find acceptance. You know, some things are just enough to know. And you don't even have to to say them. You don't have to tell anybody about them. You just get to know them. Humility is probably the key to living a, a balanced life because I'm not trying to impress you, and, and I'm not living off of your response to me. I'm, I'm centered, I'm comfortable in who I am and, and, and who I'm not. Some things are just enough to know. I heard it once described that humility is the absolute absence of self-consciousness. It's the ability to walk into a situation or be in a crowd and not worry about yourself and not worry about what they think about you. It's just You're just there. You're not arrogant, but neither are you inferior. I, I've described it like this. A mountain lion does not probably, is not consciously aware that he is a mountain lion. He knows he's not a deer. And he doesn't care that he's not a bear. He can jump 18 vertical feet. He can jump 23 horizontal feet, and he doesn't do crossfit. He doesn't work out. He just is because that's who he is. He knows he's not a deer. He doesn't care. He's not a bear. The most important thing you are is probably not something that you achieved or earned. It's not something that has to be listed on a resume or in a bio. It's not something you put out there to impress people. The most important thing that you are is not that you are something special as much as you might be special to someone. A dad, a brother, a friend, a son, a grandparent, a nephew, an uncle, a cousin. Maybe it's not about being special special in any way to anyone, but just about being loyal and honest and kind and brave and generous and understanding and forgiving to everyone. I remember hearing Paul Harvey say that when those kinds of people, when, when the good people, when good news became the news then we were in trouble as a country. We were in bad shape because it's expected for us to be nice. It's expected for us to be kind and brave and honest and generous. And when that starts making the news, then that means it's not the norm anymore. And see, it's not about being special. It's just about being nice. It's about being good. It's about being kind. I I, I don't have to impress you I don't need to impress you, and I I don't want to be impressive. I think it's enough. Not, am I good enough? Am I smart enough? Am I rich enough? Am I successful enough? It's okay to say, I'm enough. I, I think it's enough to know that I'm chosen. I'm loved. I'm redeemed. I'm accepted. I'm broken and imperfect and still I'm chosen, loved, redeemed and accepted. That doesn't make me special, but that is very, very special. Keeping Up With Jones. The Lonnie Jones Podcast Adventure is sponsored by us. What? We sponsor ourselves? Is that even legal? Check us out on Amazon. You can have access to the titles of Pedagogue, the youth ministry book by Lonnie Jones. Cognitive spiritual development, a Christ-centered approach to spiritual self-esteem. Grappling with life, controlling your inside space, a small essay using the principles of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu to talk about psychological and emotional self-defense. If I Were a Mouse, a children's book written and illustrated by Lonnie Jones. And then The Selfish Real, a very short story about a decision. Also, you can check out our YouTube channel to see archived lessons and presentations from across the country, some videos with rope tricks and knots, Don't forget to visit the uh, Facebook page, 550Guys, to learn about the little rope men that we make and that we invented and that we make. And then be sure to click like, subscribe, and share. This is Keeping Up With Jones, the Lonnie Jones Podcast Adventure.